Welcome everybody to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast for week 15. We have three weeks left to get it done. Uh, This week I feel like is an interesting week. A lot of injuries, a lot of things to parse through in terms of who's going to get extra snaps, extra volume. Uh, One of the main players that I thought was going to be a cash game lock doesn't look to be as such... uh, to this point in the week. Uh, Josh Jacobs looks like he's going to give it a go, muddying the waters for DeAndre Washington. Obviously, that's a situation to monitor uh, throughout the rest of the weekend, but it's not going to be DeAndre Washington's backfield with a little bit of Jalen Richard sprinkled in as we had thought. Looks like Josh Jacobs is going to play through a fractured shoulder for the nothing-to-play-for Oakland Raiders. Makes a lot of sense there. Uh, so that quarterback, uh, if we're paying down at quarterback, I think our option is clearly Kyler Murray. Um, he hasn't had the best two-game stretch uh, as of late. He faced two, two tough defenses in the Rams and the Steelers. But uh, to be honest, there really isn't a quarterback that jumps off the page to me this week. And I think with Kyler's upside in terms of his rushing ability and then obviously the matchup is a bit less daunting uh, than their last two weeks. Uh, Elsewhere, I think the other game that I I will consider is the Titans-Texans game. Um, You know, Ryan Tannehill has gotten a lot of flack, and from me included, I did not think that he was uh, viable for cash last week. Uh, That's not true. I, I, I thought he was viable for cash last week. I thought he wasn't as good of a play as he was going to turn out. Um, But here's the issue. You know, we harp on the fact that you don't need volume at quarterback, right? You just have to be efficient. Uh, You know, it's not point per completion. It's not point per first down. You just need your quarterback to pick up yards, hit the bonus, and score some touchdowns. And that's exactly what he's been doing, despite the fact he's only averaging around 23, 24 pass attempts per game. Now, there, there has to be a little bit of a jump-off point there, right? So volume is concerning in the fact that he's only throwing 24 times a game on average over his last four. Here's the issue. This week, they're at home. They face a Texans team that just let Drew Locke rip them up. So I think even though the price is inflated, there really isn't a ton of value or a point-per-dollar quarterback play that sticks out to the point where I think we can get away from Tannehill. So Tannehill is squarely in play, as is his opponent, Deshaun Watson. Um, The Titans is a pretty solid matchup for him. Um, They get pretty beat up by outside receivers, so I think DeAndre Hopkins should have his way. Looks like Will Fuller's going to come back, even if he doesn't, you know, produce from a statistical standpoint. He can still stretch the field, uh, take the top off the defense, push the safeties back a little bit so that DeAndre and Stills and whomever, the, the tight ends, can, can work underneath. And then we, had, we saw with Deshaun Watson, um, you know, we keep harping on the fact that we need mobile quarterbacks and cash to, to raise our floor. And we saw him struggle last week through the air, but, you know, he tucked it in, rushed for two, 
and obliterated value. So those are the three quarterbacks that I am considering this week. At running back, uh, obviously Christian McCaffrey is in play. I'm not going to say he's the absolute lock that he has been over the last two months, um, based on the fact that his they're they're tailing off his his work a, a tad. Um, I don't know if that is Perry Fuel kind of preserving him for next year or or what, but um, he hasn't gotten as many carries. Um, he did, the receptions are there, especially if they're going to be trailing, which it looks like they probably will be against the Seahawks. He should you know again push for seven to ten to twelve, depending on the game script uh, targets, which is great, but at his salary, the Panthers kind of aren't really playing for much, Cam Newton looks like he's shut down for the rest of the year, it looks like it might be a pack it in type final three weeks, the thing is, NFL teams aren't going to pack it in in week 15, right, they're not going to, uh, if Christian McCaffrey had an injury, they may shut him down for the rest of the year, but as, at this point, he's healthy, so he'll be out there, he'll be playing his full complement of snaps, as always, so he is obviously in play. Um, the other running back that sticks out to me at the top is Chris Carson. And even though he's 7,500, he should see, you know, 80 plus snaps in a matchup against the worst DVOA pass defense in the, uh, excuse me, rush defense in the Panthers. They've given up the most fantasy points to running backs as well. It's just a smash matchup. Penny's hurt out for the year. So he's going to come into extra volume uh, the stars are just aligning for a massive Chris Carson game. I think he is severely underpriced at 7,500. Derrick Henry, uh, by the same token, you know, if if you are playing Ryan Tannehill, I think 6.5 for Tannehill and 8.2 for Henry uh, for a total of almost $15,000 of your DraftKings salary is a bit too much, so I wouldn't play them together in the same cash lineup. But if you're not playing... Ryan Tannehill, I think it's okay to go to Derrick Henry. He's just an absolute beast. Obviously, monitor the injury status, but he's uh, been dinged up pretty much the last couple weeks and has still pounded the ball for over 100 yards in, I don't know what it is, three or four straight games. He, They just keep feeding him the ball, and for some reason, you know, it's getting late in the year. He's a physical specimen. He's like a tank coming through. He's like a runaway freight train coming through the line of scrimmage. Defenders have been getting beat up for 15 weeks, and you know it just doesn't seem to affect Derrick Henry like it does everyone else. The pounding just seems to take its toll, and he just keeps on trucking. He gets better late in the season. We saw it last year, so I think he is obviously in play as well. Then the the supreme value on the slate uh, looks to be our quote unquote Laird. Uh, and savior Patrick Laird. I was definitely leading DeAndre Washington, but with Josh Jacobs looking like he's going to play, it looks like we're going to have to uh, slot in our main man, Patrick Laird. Um, you know, the, the Giants are, are bottom eight, I think, in, in run DVOA. They've given up points to fantasy points to opposing running backs. He's probably, I mean, he had 20 touches last week, which is insane. He's probably going to see that again, most of them being carries, but, you know, he's going to get his four to six targets, which is uh, supremely valuable in, in PPR format. Uh, I will probably add some more running backs to the the, the weekend update, but at this point, uh, those are the ones that I'm considering. 
uh, rolling out in cash. I know only four or five there. Um, but to be honest, it would be dishonest for me to add anyone else at this point since I'm really not considering uh, any other running back. Uh, at wide receiver, so I really like Robert Woods this week. He gets the primetime pricing neglect. You know, he played on Sunday night. Um, salaries came out, you know, Sunday night. So his his pretty big game against the Seahawks wasn't really accounted for. And we always see that those primetime teams uh, kind of have a, a tad less uh, bump in salary than players that had big games or injuries that happened on Sunday that would impact next week. So I really like Robert Woods. Obviously, Chris Godwin without Mike Evans uh, could see, you know, extra attention, but also a bump in targets as well. Every week we we try to figure out who it's going to be, Evans or Godwin. Well, no need to uh, put on your detective hat this week. It will be Chris Godwin as the number one option. Um, That does leave Brashad Perriman and Justin Watson as pay down options, which I also don't mind. Um, and then obviously DeAndre Hopkins, like I said, the Titans uh, pretty susceptible to outside receivers. Dory Jackson will not be able to match the physicality uh, of DeAndre Hopkins. That is an absolute certainty. And then as we come down, I think Darius Slayton is, is squarely in play. Um, the issue with Slayton is, you know, try not to get the recency bias in your head. We saw Manning go after him, five for 150 and two. Um, but, you know, Sterling Shepard also got targets, and, and Golden Tate is lurking. So I think, you know, he's a really nice price because he gets the primetime pricing neglect as well at 4700 So I think he is squarely in play, um, even if Daniel Jones comes back, because he has really proven that he is a great run-after-the-catch player. And at his price, you know, it's not like he went off for 5 150 and 2 and now he's 6 k He's still 4700 I think that's a fine price for Darius Slayton there. I think we can go to Isaiah Ford if Devontae Parker and Albert Wilson are both out. He saw nine targets last week, 15 DK points, 3,700. So those are uh, the the wide receivers that I am looking at for cash games. I really like Allen Robinson this week for, I'll give you a tournament dart uh, for GPPs. Not much buzz surrounding him. He's had four touchdowns in his last three games. Trubisky is just feeding him the rock. He does get a matchup against Jair Alexander that, you know, he had no trouble with earlier in the year. He went for seven for a hundred against Jair Alexander earlier in the year. I think it was actually week one. Um, and, you know, they really don't have much going on in, in Chicago. They just keep tossing the ball up to A-Rob. So uh, he is in play as well. At tight end, there are three options that we can uh, land on. Obviously, Zach Ertz, nobody left in Philly uh, to catch passes. We saw Zach Ertz basically, you know, panting like a dog last week because he just kept getting target after target down the stretch, uh, finished with two touchdowns. He gets the primetime pricing neglect. 6K, ridiculous. He should probably be like 7 or 7.5. So I think he'll be very popular. I think it might even be a week where we can slot in two tight ends. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, it certainly worked last week with or two weeks ago with Jack Doyle and Ian Thomas. Speaking of Ian Thomas, I think if Greg Olson is out, which it looks like he is, he he hasn't cleared concussion protocol yet that he is in play, Ian Thomas is in play, he's, you know, saw double-digit targets last week, five for 50 and a touch, 
think that can continue against the Seahawks defense that can't stop the tight end either. And then obviously my man, Tyler Higby, two straight weeks of seven for 100, one touchdown in those two weeks. And he's just vaulted over Gerald Everett. Even if Everett comes back, you know, if Everett comes back, I'm a little bit skeptical of of Everett, or excuse me, of Higby. But man, there are just a ton of players on this slate that didn't get the price bump that they deserve. Higby is another one. So these Rams, Seahawks, Eagles, and Giants, the four teams that played on Sunday and Monday night, um, are in great spots this week. And they're also, coincidentally, uh, players that didn't get a, a price adjustment or at least the correct price adjustment from from DraftKings. So I think we'll see a lot of ownership on those four players from those four teams. Um, at defense... Uh, I think the Giants defense is in a good spot. Obviously, turnover Fitzpatrick is going to be uh, on the field in that life. They've been getting after the quarterback pretty well. I think their defense is uh, definitely a, a possibility at 2,700. Uh, I like the Bucks defense this week. Uh, traveling up to a Marvin Jones-less, Matthew Stafford-less Lions team that you know, has been struggling to put points on the board. So I, I think the Lions are a team that we can target for the rest of the year. Definitely like the Bucks defense. Um, and then from there, I think, you know, there is some salary to be saved with some of these cheaper receivers and uh, Patrick Laird and potentially DeAndre Washington if Josh Jacobs were to sit. So I think this might be a week where we can, you know, flirt with those tad a tad bit higher priced defenses that have really high ceilings like... Um, the Eagles playing the Redskins, or the Patriots playing the Bengals, etc. I think those are, are teams that we can definitely target as well. All right, guys, that'll do it. I'll probably have a weekend update because I feel like I skipped over, and that's one of the issues of not doing a pot. Like, I do my research all week long. I write a million articles. I, you know, build primary lineups, and that, you know, allows me to talk off the top of my head for the most part. But uh, I do always, you know glance over a guy or two that I wanted to mention. I feel like I did that this week. I'm not really sure who it is, but I do feel like I missed some a guy or two this week that I wanted to to give you uh to give to you to consider. So I'll be back on the weekend uh and we will talk updated with up with updated information. Good luck to everybody in week 15. I will talk to you on Saturday or Sunday. All I see is dollar signs.